0: Viewmasters, it's the podcast that we do. Viewmasters, talk about movies that we view. Viewmasters, my friend Eric and me Joe. Viewmasters, hey let's start the show. Good evening America, this is the Viewmasters, episode 258, A Face in the Crowd. My name is Joe. And my name is Eric. Welcome, Eric. Hello, Joe. How are you today, sir? I'm good. Glad to be on your show. I'm glad to have you. Really, really glad to be here, connecting with you. Uh, for the the listeners at home, <laughs> you mean the hillbillies, the rednecks, the housefrows, etc., 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 etc. Yeah. <laughs> uh how are you doing i'm okay (laughs) same (laughs) that that is all we can ask for (laughs) you know even even with uh a pandemic maybe winding down yeah still still the best we can do is okay yep pretty much i'm all right with that yeah you could say i'm okay with it (laughs) (laughs) i will say that you should uh a face in the crowd yes is a movie it sure is <laughs> uh 1957 directed by elia kazan I yes elia I- kazan okay then i got you uh, i got your back hi, thank you <laughs> And it is the motion picture debut of one Andrew Griffith. <laughs> yeah, <it> sure is. <laughs> in a starring role in his in his motion picture debut. Yes, kind of impressive. Yeah. Like when, uh, when you I told he... me when you <clears throat> told me last week that it was his debut, I figured he was had like a cameo or something. Ah, uh, no, no, he is he is front and center in. The majority of the movie. Yes, he is. Okay. (laughs) Sorry, I thought you had more to say. Nope. (laughs) So, so this is his first movie. I didn't look into it. Had he done TV or anything beforehand? Uh, Before this, he had done uh, uh, Broadway mostly. Oh, nice. All right. Uh, I cannot, cannot imagine him on Broadway. I don't know why. I can't imagine anyone on Broadway. So you know. <laughs> fair. Uh, he was also, uh, you know, uh, a musician and a, and a comedian uh, prior to this too. So uh, he he had uh, been been you know steadily building his career. Okay. And I... uh, this was a not only his feature film debut but a dramatic turn for him as well. Interesting. All right. Yeah, I I know literally nothing about Andy Griffith beyond uh, the Andy Griffith Show, uh, and of hey, course and Matlock. Thank you. <laughs> Let me finish. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, with with Andy the Andy Griffith Show, Sheriff Andy Taylor, and Matlock in mind, uh, I had a hard time seeing Andy Griffith as a teen idol. <laughs> <laughs> or a sex symbol of any kind for anyone. He is, uh, unfathomably fuckable in this movie. He really is.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's a, uh, he's a
0: handsome man. People want him. <laughs> and, uh, I could not see why. Yeah. He's he's just got that <clears throat> that homespun charm, sure. That I uh, guess screams, <laughs> "Let's do it." I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not sure either. Uh, it is a uh, inexplicable sexual magnetism to other characters in this movie. Uh, not sure how the home audience is supposed to react. <laughs> It was a different time. Okay, sure, that's fair. <laughs> 1957. <laughs> uh, I mean, he is only 30 years old at the time when, the, when this movie is uh, made, so... Alright. Uh, you know, he, he's young, you know, uh, but but uh, yeah, just a, a very long career of, of uh, you know... I, I you know, just just playing kind, gentle, you know, homespun guys. Uh, just just uh, really makes this movie throw you for a loop. If that's yeah. all you know him from, definitely. Yeah, he. It feels like he's playing against type. <laughs> yeah, uh, which I mean, I guess in the reality of the situation, uh, if the majority of America saw this first uh you know because because it you know three years later is when the Andy Griffiths show started uh (laughs) I mean that's that's playing against type apparently that's true that's weird (laughs) uh he did do comedy movies after this though okay all right Uh, (laughs) there was a movie he did uh which was actually based on a uh, Broadway show that he performed in called uh, No Time for Sergeants. Okay. Uh which was a kind of a wartime comedy which I guess they loosely based uh, Gomer Pyle on. Oh wow, okay. Which itself was a spin-off of the Andy Griffith show. I was going to say that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh but that uh when he did the movie, that's where he met Don Knotts and they became lifelong friends. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I had something uh, I was going to say, and it has completely escaped me. I'm sorry. <laughs> it happens to me 90% of all the time. <laughs> uh, so, oh, no, I remember what I was going to say. So so he started with a drama and then pivoted into comedy. So that's sort of like the John Hamm arc of his career. Yeah, sort of. Uh, except... Uh, i mean well you know both because he well john ham was was known very famously amongst other comedians for being very funny prior to Mad Men. really i didn't know that oh yeah yeah uh yeah he was uh big in the you know not performing or anything like that but just hanging around comedians and then uh just being you know genuinely funny that's awesome <laughs> Uh, And uh, Andy Griffith, uh, you know, like I said before, this movie was a comedian as well. So, yeah, that's Uh, uh, that's interesting to hear about John Hamm. Like i i I would love to be like I don't know the guy that comedians just hang out with, who is also (laughs) funny but who is not a comedian. (laughs) What a weird little niche. Sure, and then also being the most handsome man alive, (laughs) of course. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> now that is a man with a totally explicable uh, sexual magnetism. Definitely 100%. <laughs> I look at John Hamm and I get it. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 pivoted in a different direction at the last minute and I'm glad it did. <laughs> Yeah, th- this movie feels like it feels like it has, like like I I see the DNA of other movies or or see I see this movie in the DNA of other movies I guess sure. or it just feels like like the kind of thing that probably influenced a lot of people uh, that that followed it yeah um, and part of uh, that might just be Ilya Kazan too because he's you know a, a fairly well known well-known director i'd never i'd never heard of this movie nor did i know that he directed it before i turned it on so uh uh, i don't know of any other ilia kazan movies i mean maybe i've seen one but i i just don't know offhand you may be familiar with on the waterfront i've heard of it (laughs) he that's probably his most famous movie if i if i recall correctly okay and then he was blacklisted, so he—I he, think he might have been a character in Trumbo. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, uh, yeah, you, you say uh, you know you see the you know the DNA of this movie and other things. Uh, or other movies. Uh, I see the DNA of this movie in uh, American life in general. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, this movie paints a blueprint uh, for uh, just, you know, horrible, horrible things. That uh, you know, ultimately, you know, at the end, you're you're supposed to walk away with, uh, well, you know, maybe we should avoid that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but instead, we have followed it to a T and lets it keep happening. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah there there is a there's a very, you know, aside from the you know coming from from sort of humble roots or whatever Mm -hmm. uh the the arc of uh lonesome roads uh feels like it ends with him as the president of the united states yeah a little bit (laughs) uh the the main flaw which you know as we have lived in this this past year of a pandemic uh and we have learned that uh things in movies just uh aren't gonna go the way that they go in movies as they do in real life mm-hmm. uh such as you know like you know in zombie movies people will uh you know eventually you know avoid the zombies but uh, here we've learned that uh, no they'll run right towards it because my freedoms <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they will uh, deny that the zombies are even there <laughs> right <laughs> uh and here we see uh and I'm gonna spoil the ending of this movie. Sure. Uh the the downfall of uh Lonesome Rhodes, uh the character played by Andy Griffith, uh is when he, you know winds up getting caught on a open mic uh saying what he really feels about his uh his adoring public and is then, you know uh Brought crashing down from his great heights and uh we have learned as a nation that uh that will never happen yeah Uh, you can say whatever the fuck you want and just be more adored for it (laughs) again i would say it was a different time sure sure there 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 was a time when a gaffe would (laughs) have a negative impact yeah, uh, I think of uh, Howard Dean's <laughs> yeah <laughs> frequently. It's not even. A, I mean, that is such a oh man. <laughs> I know, I know. That's not even a bad thing. Yep. <laughs> but but yeah, we we as a society, uh, or at least for the last several years, uh, seem to have moved beyond. We we are a gaffless society. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, yep. like it, it was almost charming <laughs> to see how quickly <laughs> things turned for him in the face of that open mic. Yep. Uh, so so this movie has uh, a lot of parallels to, to things that have happened uh, in the recent past, for sure. <laughs> right. Uh, making it uh, surprisingly relevant for a 60-plus-year-old movie. <laughs> Uh, but, but, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, as a movie itself, what did you think? Uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, it did, it, it dragged a little bit for me. Yeah. Uh, I, I felt like, you know, once, you know, Lonesome reaches a level of stardom, uh, relatively quickly, uh, like within the first hour. And then, and then it it seemed like maybe we're supposed to believe that he's continuing to to rise, uh, but it didn't really seem like he he went much higher right. than he got within the first hour, and and so in that respect, it sort of dragged for me a little bit. I mean, once he gets the penthouse in New York, you know, like it's it's a pretty even keel from there. Yeah, exactly, um, and and. I definitely felt that there were some scenes that were just not necessary at all. Yeah. Uh, of course, for the life of me, I can't remember any one <sighs> specifically. <so. laughs> yeah, as as the movie, I, I think I I found him uh, infuriating from the get go. <laughs> oh yeah. So. But in general, you and I do not like that type of person. No, definitely not. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you and I would go out of our way to just avoid someone like uh, Lonesome Roads. Yeah, I I did not appreciate his brand of wit or wisdom. Yeah. Uh, We are Walter Matthau in this movie. Yeah, and you know what? Walter Matthau is awesome. Yeah. And uh speaking of uh characters who can get it. Huh. Young Walter Mathau could get it. <laughs> he is a good-looking man in this movie. He is surprisingly handsome. I will he, admit that. Yeah. yeah, I I see the appeal of Walter Mathau. <laughs> he he is not a guy who was ever on my uh, you know, uh sexual radar, but uh yeah, you know, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and that is, putting aside my general love for Walter Matthau. Yeah, yeah, no, even even aside, I, I feel like there is a, yeah, like you said, a general love, sort of a fondness for Walter Matthau as the character of what we know of, of what Walter Matthau usually plays. Yeah. Uh, and this, you know, it, uh, obviously it shares some of the characteristics that we know. Um, but yeah, it, this also felt, you know, different, and and yeah, it was it was surprising. He was really good in this. He he is. Uh, I mean, he, if I had to point out one thing, is that uh, him attempting a southern accent. <laughs> Uh, didn't really work. Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, (laughs) well, and I I think think did, too. so did he. Yeah, Yeah. right. (laughs) Uh, yeah. So yeah, (laughs) and just you know the the way his hair was disheveled. Yeah. The 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 glasses he was wearing. Yeah. Yeah. He he looks. He reminded me of like a Clark Kent almost (laughs) in this movie. Uh, there's even a scene where they just uh, refer to him frequently as mild-mannered. That's true, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, I I definitely prefer uh, that version of his character uh, with, with you know the just kind of messy hair, smoking the pipe, uh, slouched. Uh, where. To when he reappears towards the end of the movie uh, with his hair slicked back. Yeah. uh, In in Superman mode, basically. Right. (laughs) (laughs) He's Henry Cavill at that point. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I I really liked him. Uh, I thought the the, uh, other, the sort of co-lead with Andy Griffith, Patricia Neal yeah was was very good as well. I thought she did a really good job, even though for for long stretches of the movie she has basically nothing to do but to follow lonesome roads around right and and just look at him adoringly yeah uh or or with uh I guess more towards the end, slightly glow, uh, growing distrust. Right. I, I think actually that's uh, at the point where his uh, wife shows up randomly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It is when uh, you know she she takes the turn, um, but yeah, she is she is very good. Uh, I think. I, I really, really liked this movie. Uh, but I think all of it is, you know, every other character in this movie is there to temper, uh, the over the top cartoonishness of uh, Lonesome Roads. Right. <laughs> uh, which I, I think. Like Andy Griffith is going for it; <laughs> <laughs> he's going hard. Yeah, like like he is just uh, you know to the rafters, uh, and, and it's it's it is great. Uh, but and, and as you said earlier, it is also grating. Yeah. <laughs> uh. And, and yeah at times it became a chore to watch him do his thing. Uh, But, but he is just chomping on the scenery (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and it is, it's a tour de force, but, but uh, it is nice to have, you know, Patricia Neals and your uh, Walter Matthau's there to, you know, bring in a, a more human performance to say, hey, you know, sometimes we're in the real world, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it 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 would not have worked if it was just nonstop <laughs> lonesome roads, right? I think probably the the most uh, I say difficult <laughs> scene to watch but the most frustrating scene to watch was the the scene in the uh the Vitajex offices <laughs> the first uh, the
1: uh when he when uh,
0: he first goes to meet with them okay, yeah, yeah. and like just is is suddenly an ad wizard apparently yeah. <laughs> uh considering that we had just seen him come off a, a performance where he was Completely and totally anti-ad. Yeah, it, it, it was jarring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so the basic plot is that he's this uh, drifter who gets found in, in a local jail in Arkansas. Uh, and this woman is a radio producer and she puts him on her show. Uh, and uh, he's a hit. And uh, they basically hire him to be like a full-time, uh, you know, just, uh, I guess, countrified singing version of Rush Limbaugh. I guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just do your thing on the radio for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that is. Uh, and this eventually propels him to, to TV in Memphis and then, uh, uh, you know, finally a, a gig in New York, uh, National. Uh, but when he's on TV in Memphis, he, uh, you know, has to do ad copy and he uh, just makes fun of the company he's doing the ad for. Uh, and and goes on this huge rant about uh, just, you know, not wanting to, to you know, sell his dignity. (laughs) Uh, And, uh, you know, in a very relevant uh, scene, uh, basically convinces crowds of people to, like, go and buy these mattresses that he's trying to, you know, being told to sell. uh, And then burning them in front of the store. (laughs) Right. Uh, And then almost immediately from there, it's the New York scene, and he is just a fucking huckster, yeah. <laughs> swallowing pills, ordering spittoons, and chasing around women. <laughs> well, I, I think he... yeah, I, I don't know what... there there's no real explanation given for the turn that he takes there, like, why he's suddenly... Maybe VitaJex is a product that he actually likes. I mean, who knows? Be, yeah. He just he can't get enough of that seventeen percent inert matter or whatever is is in it. Uh, the the uh, thank you for bringing up the VitaJex thing anyway, because uh, you just reminded me of like one of the scenes that I felt uh, was completely unnecessary to the movie. Was it and the montage? Yes. <laughs> Yeah the montage was when I I I feel like the movie turned a corner. <laughs> like like what is happening here? Why why it, is this happening? Am I was, am I hallucinating? It was baffling. <laughs> uh, and it made the final cut too. So Yeah, yeah. I mean <laughs> Hollywood's crazy. <Yeah. laughs> People can't get enough of horny ads for vitamins. They were so horny. They were, yeah, I mean, it's, he, Lonesome Rhodes comes in and and turns VitaJax into basically a sex pill. Right. It's so weird. uh, and, And I don't know if it's just, you know, what we've been sold as, you know, what was, you know, what life was like in the fifties, but you know, like, like, you know, if you'd ask me, you know, I would say, Oh, it was, you know, all very, you know, prim and proper. And then, you know, nobody ever spoke about these kind of things. Uh, but here it is just, uh, they are barely disguising the fact that they are talking about boners. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I, I don't, I don't know how in effect the Hayes code if the Hays Code was even still around when this movie came out. But hmm. it feels like it... it There's a lot of things that are... Yeah, I guess the Hays Code lasted until 1968. Okay. Um, but but yeah, it feels like there's a lot of stuff in this movie that that pushes those boundaries in ways I would not have expected from a movie from the 50s yeah. to do. Uh, I mean, there there is... Uh... You know, no explicit, you know, uh, talk of sex, but but it is, you know, heavily, heavily implied. Um, there's the, the baton twirling scene uh, where there are just shots of, of, you know, very young girls and their thighs and, and, you know, hinting at other parts of their body very... Clearly, yeah, which you know was kind of a shock. Just, just knowing what I thought I knew about the era, yeah. Well, and Lonesome uh, marries an underage girl, oh, yeah, yeah, and no one mentions it. <laughs> no, just, just the once, just the okay, yeah, okay, just the once, uh, just the once. I think as a selling point, right. <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> Dudes are the worst. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh toxic man- masculinity happening in this movie. Uh and and uh, also, you know, surprisingly, a lot of fragile male ego on display too. Yeah, definitely. It's almost oh. like they go hand in hand. Weird. That is weird. I hadn't considered that before. Huh <laughs> uh, uh, Yeah at, You know, at the same time though, like I mean uh Patricia Neal's character, you know, has some agency, but not a ton. Yeah, it, it almost seems like she like she she starts the boulder of Lonesome Roads rolling. Yeah. And then is just, like, barreled, like, like it barrels on, and she's just caught in its wake, almost. Uh, I mean, you know, he brings up to her, essentially, you know, that, you know, she is complicit in, in some of this as well. Right. You know, she, you know... She is not without fault, uh, you know, as far as ego goes. You know, she rode the train. Right. You know, so to speak. uh, And knew what she was doing the entire time. But, uh, you know, he gaslights the fuck out of her a lot. Yeah. uh, And and manipulates her. And uh, it is, you know, at times hard to watch yeah because of that yeah (laughs) definitely yeah I mean they're basically she's in an abusive relationship with him yeah which is always infuriating to see yeah uh excuse me uh I don't know where I was going (laughs) so at the at the end of the movie uh I, I have to imagine that there's a version of th- of this script at least where he jumps. <laughs> I you know I kept expecting it. Yeah, I actually I almost thought that uh, that Patricia Neal's character uh, was going to murder him. <laughs> <laughs> like when when he comes over to her to her place after finding. His seventeen-year-old bride with his manager or whatever, yeah. Um, And like he just he just makes himself at home uh, on her bed, yeah. And then like he's he's sort of sort of dozing, and she's realizing, you know, I mean, she's already Mm -hmm. realized how terrible he is, um, but it seems like it's dawning on her more and more there. I thought for sure she was just going to take a pillow and try and smother him. (laughs) I honestly thought that she was going to just uh, sleep with him right then and there. Yeah. Uh, And just, just, you know, be the doormat. (laughs) Yeah, I was was Uh, really glad that she didn't. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, But, uh, uh, I mean... It sets the path for her to, you know, essentially have a nervous breakdown and uh, decide to uh, expose him for what he is. Yeah. Uh, which then uh, has uh, Walter Mathau coming back and, and uh, uh, not saving the day, but saving her uh, of sorts. Right. Yeah. Uh, but also him doing that also feels a bit uh, you know uh, self-centered in that moment too Uh, because he is you know uh, he has written a book uh, which uh, is is to expose lonesome roads for the uh, fraud and huckster that he is Uh, and uh, she's uh, kind of taken that away from him in in the final moments (laughs) well he he says that she that she's written the ending of his book I actually really liked that I did too (laughs) but yeah I can see his I mean it it would be it's almost like what she did would be like a teaser for his book (laughs) like oh you think that's bad (laughs) until you see all this other stuff so yeah I don't know know if she took that away from him or if she ultimately helped him I mean it's symbiotic (laughs) it's true Symbiotic You're symbiotic the expert, you tell me symbiotic <laughs> I believe is how it's pronounced <laughs> uh, but yeah i uh i I really enjoyed watching this, yeah, it was yeah, really it, good it did definitely i mean you can't not see parallels to everything that's happened in the last twenty years to. <laughs> Yeah, you know, absolutely, absolutely not. Uh, and, and it really, and it's not subtle about it either. <laughs> uh, like the the message behind the movie from the get go, you can tell that it's just going to go bad uh, because you know, lonesome is such just an outlandish cartoon man, right?
1: <laughs> uh,
0: but but I think the most. Disheartening part for me was uh, at the very end uh, when when uh, Walter Mathau and uh, Patrice uh, Patricia Neal. I keep wanting to say Patrice O'Neal, but I think that's a blackmail comedian. That is a blackmail comedian. You're correct. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Patricia Neal and Walter Mathau go to uh, confront Lonesome uh, when he's having a massive breakdown right. uh, after being exposed uh, not knowing that he's been exposed either <laughs> uh, and uh, as they're leaving Walter Mathau turns around and tells Lonesome to his face you know this is exactly what's going to happen to you and it's basically people will forgive you <laughs> you will become a celebrity again right <laughs> well and also that people will forget him that too yeah yeah i think that's you know that's, <clears throat> that's definitely part of it but yeah you're absolutely right when he's yeah. when lonesome is talking about like well this is how i can spin this and this is how i'm going to get back in everyone's favor yep in in my head i was like oh yeah that'll work you're yep. absolutely right 100% <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, and yeah, you know uh, he'll he'll fade away. Uh, I mean, you know uh, I don't want to d- don't want to say the name on this show, but uh, know. You know sometimes you have to. Yeah. Uh, but you know it's uh, you know sometimes I forget Trump was president. <laughs> yeah, I we we have that luxury for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just that that uh, you know it's fleeting, and, and you know I get reminded, uh, you know. Far too often that no, yeah, he he's he he was there and he's still around, <laughs> but momentarily I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Every yeah. now and then, uh, he'll release one of his nonsense statements, <laughs> yep. and I'll see it on Twitter and be like, oh yeah, that guy, yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, so so that was you know and i think at the time you know this was made and when it came out something like that you know would have been more drastic and his comeback would have been less uh you know bombastic i guess right yeah know. uh but yeah just people were the worst and th- they'll just uh, embrace things that are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and and that is something that we are constantly learning and forgetting here in America. All this has happened before and all this will happen again. Yep. Time is a flat circle. <laughs> so say we all. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Huh. Yeah, my dad really liked this movie. He recommended yeah. it to me, you I, know, almost ten years ago. It was a good recommendation. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Dad. Yeah, thanks, Eric's dad. <laughs> uh, he he has occasional good taste in movies. Yeah. Uh, they're just, uh, you know, uh, if anybody uh, does anything remotely superhuman in them, he uh, checks out completely. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I st- I still have beef with him over Batman the Batman sixty six movie, but uh, that, otherwise, yeah, as do I, you know. But uh, you know, this was a good call, and, uh, and uh, he introduced me to Kelly's Heroes a long time ago, which I a uh, movie I really like. Nice, uh, you know. But uh, no, yeah, he does uh, he does hate a Batman sixty six, and <laughs> uh, that that will forever be the defining moment of uh, my relationship with him. It's an unforgivable sin, really. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh so did you uh ever actually like Andy Griff, Andy Griffith show or Matlock? Uh I don't think that I I I'm sure I watched Matlock uh just as a as a kid. Like I think my parents might have watched it. Right. Um and and I'm sure I thought it was fine, but I've never I've never really watched the Andy Griffith show, so yeah. This I mean the probably the most uh, most exposure to to Andy Griffith that I've had before this movie is in the movie Waitress. Uh, I believe he's has a, a relatively small role in that movie. So yeah, this this was maybe my first my first big uh, exposure to Andy Griffith. Okay. What about you? Uh, you know, I'm sure you know as a kid, you know, Andy Griffith runs were on all the time. You know, clearly I I know, you know, <laughs> certain aspects of it, but I could not tell you if I've ever actually seen a full episode or not. Yeah. I mean, I know character names and, you know, actors who were in them and spin-offs from it. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I don't know if I ever saw a full show. And yeah, I'm ninety-nine percent sure that my dad was a regular Matlock viewer and which meant that I was also a regular Matlock viewer, so nice. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I think the Andy Griffith show is just one of those cultural things that even if you've never seen it, you are you you basically know probably everything you need to know about it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's out there. Uh, everybody knows the the whistling so right yeah um but yeah you know uh i I can't ever say that i was uh, an andy griffith fan or anything like that but uh he's certainly uh an endearing performer and this was definitely uh a different kind of performance from him than i was ever used to (laughs) yeah it was it was very interesting to to see him in that kind of role for sure yeah I mean, I know he played the villain in Spy Hard. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, next time on the Viewmaster, Spy Hard. <laughs> we could not review that movie. <laughs> no, I I I I don't think I know anything about that movie. Uh, it's a Leslie Nielsen parody of like spy movies. <laughs> oh, okay. Perfectly. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but but not uh, one of the good parodies that he ever did. Aw. You know, one of the many, many, many terrible ones he did post-Naked Gun. It's, it's no Dracula Dead and Loving It. I enjoy Dracula Dead and Loving It, and uh, I will not hear any <laughs> uh, disparaging of it. I've never seen that one, so I don't know. <laughs> it was just the first one I could think of. That's fair. <laughs> probably because it's the other good one i don't know it is the other good one there's <laughs> naked gun one and two and then dracula didn't love it <laughs> oh amazing <laughs> oh i guess uh airplane you know yeah you know, I, I don't think of those as leslie nielsen movies yeah that's true yeah <laughs> uh <sighs> yeah Andy Griffith was the the villain inspired all right good to know <laughs> uh yeah i know you've uh you've had kind of a rough week but uh any any bright spots whatsoever uh let's see it's not it's not something that uh has happened yet but it's something i'm looking forward to okay uh so we are we are recording this uh in late april uh and uh tomorrow uh in in our time but in the past for the listeners so apologies sure. to the listeners yep. um but tomorrow uh how did this get made is doing a live virtual show uh and i am very excited to watch that nice uh, what, what uh, movie are they doing the movie is called tammy and the t-rex oh i have seen that i have i have not <laughs> Would you like to borrow my Shutter account? <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be on Hulu. Okay, all right. so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna watch it tonight, uh, and and it should be should be an entertaining time. But, it is uh, a batshit movie, <laughs> and I highly look forward to them talking about it. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's what I've got. Like I said, not something that has happened yet, but something I am looking forward to. That counts. (laughs) How about you? Uh, uh, So last Sunday, uh, for whatever reason, I decided uh, I wanted to go comic book shopping. Uh, And I have been to all the comic shops in my local area, uh, except for the one that's run by a pedophile, because it's run by a pedophile. Uh, So I decided, uh, you know, I have not been to Cincinnati in two and a half years. Ooh. (laughs) uh i used to work down there and occasionally would uh, hit the comic shops down there when i would get off work or whatnot uh and i have not done that since i got fired <laughs> and uh decided do you know what i'm going nice and uh i have been on the hunt for a couple of uh, back issues that uh Almost got to the point where I was just believing that they never existed. (laughs) Uh, And the first shop that I went to, I found the one that I've been looking for. Nice. Uh, Which is uh, Astro City number 47. The cute Uh, dog one. The cute corgi one. Yay. Um, Yeah. (laughs) That's Uh, awesome. Awesome. It is uh, part one of a two-parter, and uh, I, I read uh, the the issue. It was uh, drawn by Mike Norton, uh, not the usual uh, Brenta Anderson. Yeah, uh, and uh, the, the it ends with a cliffhanger, and it, it's heartbreaking. Gosh. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, and, but yeah, found it. It was uh, roughly cover price, and I am okay with that. That's great. Uh, considering that it has not been available on any of the major comic online comic retailers or ebay that's excellent congratulations on finishing that run thank you (laughs) uh now i can relax (laughs) wow that's all it took i wish i'd known i would have looked for it harder Oh no! I'll still have anxiety till the day I die, (laughs) probably from anxiety. Hooray! (laughs) Uh, I would also like to kind of recommend a podcast. Okay. Uh, I know I shouldn't, uh, you know, recommend better podcasts than us, but it's uh, fine. (laughs) uh, I actually recommended this once. Uh, It was uh, about a year ago. I listened to an episode of a show called Blank Check. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they, they had uh, Paul Scheer and Jason Mansukis of How Did This Get Made fame uh, discussing a movie called Used Cars. Uh, I've decided to go back and listen to uh, their early shows and, and uh, uh, discovered that their entire first year was devoted entirely to the one movie Uh, The Phantom Menace. Oh, my God. Uh, I did not listen to any of those. Aww. (laughs) Uh, But I did start with them uh, talking about the original Star Wars movies. Uh, And then that led into uh, uh, a batch of episodes where they they basically formed the crux of what their show is. Uh, Which is talking about... uh, uh, creators in Hollywood who you know maybe have one big hit, and then that gives them you know the the proverbial blank check to do whatever they want afterwards. Right. Uh, and their very first go at it is M Night Shyamalan. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, so so I have spent like the last week listening to them talk about uh, uh, every M Night Shyamalan movie up to The Visit. Uh, which is at the time you know, that was his latest movie nice uh, and, and uh, uh, realized that I have not seen an M. Sh- shun movie since uh, Signs <laughs> 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 which I liked Signs uh, but uh, just uh, the village looked terrible uh, I did eventually see the happening on TV and it is fucking awful <laughs> Uh, but you know, I've just avoided every other movie that he's made since. And, uh, it was just real interesting to hear them talk about it and, and dissect his work and, you know, at times even defend the bad ones. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: Actually, Uh, I,
0: I really like the village. I know it's not a good movie, but I, it (laughs) just does something for me that I really enjoy. Uh, you know, they, they walked away from it, uh, you know, saying it's actually pretty good and, and people should give it a chance. Nice. Other than Adrian Brody yeah he's he's a little questionable in that movie uh but yeah the i'm now up to the point where they're just starting to talk about the wachowskis nice uh so the episode i've listened to today is about bound uh so it means the matrix is next that's awesome uh but yeah it's it's a, a really interesting podcast uh you know they they do have a lot of good insights and uh it's it's been bringing me some some enjoyment over the last week nice i you yeah. know that that's a that's a show that i've meant to listen to uh and i i have been looking for some new podcasts to get into uh i just started listening to the pod directive which is oh, okay. uh, paula Tompkins and tawny Newsom star trek podcast yeah uh, and that's pretty entertaining you know um, I like both of them, but uh, and, and I like Star Trek to a point, but uh, just I cannot bring myself to listen to that show. <laughs> it is definitely a next level of Star Trek nerdery that I am not used to, <laughs> uh, but I'm enjoying it so far. Well, that's good. Uh, I've also started listening to Addic Heart, uh, which know. is Kulop, Velisak and Suchin Paks. Uh, basically, a shopping podcast. <laughs> all right, but it's—I I felt like I needed to start listening to to more podcasts with women on them. Okay, so that was part of why I started listening to that, and they're also both genuinely pretty entertaining. So oh, that's good, because uh, um, most women aren't. That's true. Yeah, most women are not funny at all. Everyone yep. knows this. <laughs> uh, that was sarcasm. People, please do not cancel us on Twitter. <laughs> You hear that wokeys! whoa hey <laughs> uh but yeah i i will uh i will add a blank check to my list All i right. see that it has episodes going back to 2015 so that's yep. awesome Th- those are the phantom menace episodes yeah, i i need i need a deep <laughs> library to start digging into so excellent yeah. Uh, I had finished uh, my re relisten to of every dollop episode, and I was like, well, I'm not going to go back and do that again. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I was looking for something new, and, and uh, I was like, you know what? I did enjoy that one episode. Let, let's see what else they got. That's awesome. So, uh, got a uh, movie pick for next week. I probably do. Uh, <laughs> it's all right if you don't. No, I do. I'll um, pick one. <laughs> so let's see. Today is the twenty second. Yes. Which means next Thursday is the 29th. So okay. So this movie, uh, this movie is on HBO Max until the end of this month. Okay. Uh, and it's it's one I was I was actually gonna pick this. Uh, last time but uh after white god i decided to go with (laughs) sonic the hedgehog uh so so this movie uh the movie that i'm picking is whatever happened to baby jane okay uh which is uh i believe 1960 movie uh that i've never seen and and always have wanted to see so that is betty davis correct yes betty davis and um I forget who else, Joan Crawford. Joan Crawford. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Pulled that out of my ass. <laughs> that was that was a good pull. Well done. Because <laughs> uh, yes, I have never seen this, but also have heard quite a bit about it. Uh, not so much the plot of it. So yeah, Maybe I have no idea going what it's in about. Pretty clean. Yeah. yeah, I know Jenny. Jenny watched <laughs> it and said that it was really scary. Okay. So so. I'll take that for whatever. It is. <laughs> watch it. Watch it with the lights on, kids. I don't know. Alrighty. So whatever happened to Baby Jane next week yeah. on the Viewmasters. <laughs> See you then.